1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's start in verse 13. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live under the things of the temple, that which wait at the altar or partakes with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they would which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that, that it should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make any glory void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me. I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily this, verily this, when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, just thank you to open our hearts and minds and see the message of and Father, we'll praise you for what you do and all the things you've given us. We'll glory you. We, you've been too good for us, Lord. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We have been looking at this thought of woe when God places a stop sign in front of you and telling you, you better not go down that path. If you go down that path, it's trouble, it's problems, it's headaches. Here in chapter 9, Paul is telling the church how they should take care of the man that is faithfully preaching the gospel to them on a regular basis. He illustrates that in verse number 7. He said it's like a soldier going to the war. If a soldier goes to war, he does not have to pay for his bullets, does not have to pay for his clothes, does not have to pay for his food. It's provided for him so that in mind set that his mind is set on the task that is set up for, uh, ahead of him that he needs to accomplish on. Then he's talking about, uh, he's talking about uh, 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 like in a planting a vineyard. He said, if you, if you plant it and don't eat of the fruit, he said, who feeds the flock and doesn't eat of the milk of the flock? So my, Paul is telling us, here Paul tells us, this is that you preach, I'm not a man of God, I'm not, I'm not a preacher, I'm not called to preach. I'm not in a pastoring position or even in an evangelist role or I'm a woman and, and I'm trying to do the best I can do to do what God has laid on my heart to do. But listen to me. When it comes to preaching the gospel, he said, I am not necessarily standing up and I'm not standing in a pulpit. I'm not, uh, I'm not an evangelist. But when it comes to telling someone about the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ, each and every one of us is to preach the gospel. It's our responsibility. God requires it of us to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The same responsibility that God gave Paul, God gives you and I today. It is our responsibility as the body of Christ to tell the lost and dying world that a Savior died for them on the cross and was laid in a tomb for three days and on the third day he got up and he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession. It is our responsibility to tell people what Jesus has done. Our goal as a Christian is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Just like the song says, just a closer walk with thee. And we need to desire more about the Lord, learn more about the Lord, walk closer with the Lord. We should desire to live a cleaner life. But listen to me, while you're doing that, while you're desiring to live a cleaner life, a closer walk with God, don't forget the great commission that God has given every one of us. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all the Judea and all of Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. God didn't save you just to sit on a pew. God saved you to tell the world about Him. You are to be a reflection of what God is inside of you that they may see something on the outside of you. Paul said, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Well, you know, I, I got to think about it. If you see your neighbor's house on fire, you, you, you looked out your window one night through the blinds and you see the light flickering and the house is on fire. And you just close them blinds and lay back down. Well, somebody will recognize that sooner or later. Somebody will take care of that. That's a sorry neighbor. You got one like that, you need to get rid of them. What it is, is that if you look out and see uh, your neighbor's house is on fire, you want to run over and bang on the door and get them up and say, Hey, hey, your house is on fire. If you don't get out, you're going to burn up. Can I say that's the exact same thing with us when we look at somebody's soul uh, and if you don't tell them what Jesus Christ did for you uh, and can do for them, uh, their soul's going to be burning in hell. Uh, that's going to be on your hands. Uh, how many times you've come across somebody and you can look at their face and said, hey, they need something. Their eyes tell you they need something. The way they walk, they need something. The voices, they say they need something. I should tell them about God, but I'll just keep my mouth shut. I'm the only one who's ever done that. I think we all have done that. I think we're all guilty of that. But he said it's our job, our responsibility to tell people and to warn people about the hell, the burning hell that's coming upon them. And when he gets to verse 16, he's talking about preaching the gospel. Listen to me. The ministry is not a business. There are gospels. <laughs> I got to thinking about this as man, I know some of these people. The ministry is not a business. I know some gospel singers. I know some preachers that when you call and ask them, will they come? The first thing out of their mouth is, What you gonna pay me? What you gonna give me? 
Check with my booking agent. See if I'm free. Uh, I got a standard fee just for me to show up in the parking lot. Uh, that's just to get me here. I'm going to need something else after I get here. The ministry is not a business, but I see that these people today has turned it into a money-making business. Not doing what God has called in you. When and God gives you a talent, you need to show that talent off. And God's going to take care of you. I, I've, I've been here, what, 13 years now? Not one time have I ever asked for money. In fact, when I took the position, I didn't even know what you're going to pay and didn't care. I didn't care. She would just hand me a check. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. I don't ask for money. I don't need somebody to pay me money to preach the gospel that God has called me to preach. We don't, I'm going to tell you, there are people that says, I need money to preach the gospel. That's a hireling. That's a hireling. You don't need that. You don't need that. The same responsibility that God laid upon Paul, he lays upon each and every one of us tonight. So you say, what are you preaching on? I guess I'm preaching on responsibility. What is your job as a Christian? What are you supposed to be doing as a Christian? He said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, if I don't preach it, something's going to happen. Something's going to come down. Look at chapter 15. Look at chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you have saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you. He's not saying if you keep what I have preached to you. He's just keep the standards, keep the uh, 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 ordinance. If you keep those in memory, if you keep those things, not what I preach, just keep those things unless you believed in vain. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I have also received, how the Lord, how Christ died for our sins according to all the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. He said, I've got to clarify the gospel to people. People need people needs the gospel to be clarified. The good news is, the gospel is the good news, but you get, there's, there's some past. There's a past. You've got to get some bad news before you get the good news. Amen. Paul said, for the necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. God had laid a responsibility upon us tonight that we that are saved, uh, we are saved, uh, we need to preach and clarify the gospel. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8, For Christ also hath suffered once for our sins, the just for the unjust, and the might bring us into God. Paul said in Romans, uh, he said, Christ died for the ungodly, the just for the unjust, the ungodly for the godly. Amen. Listen to me, the gospel message begins with a confrontation with your sins. There's got to be something that tells you about your sins. Christ died for our sins. That is the just dying for the unjust. Christ died for the ungodly. We're talking about a perfect man, a a sinless man, and we're talking about a bunch of lost, no wretched sinners. 
that this how the gospel begins. The perfect man, the just man, God's son died in your place for your sins. Let's say this about the clarification of the gospel. Nowhere in your Bible does anyone start out trying to lead someone to God with this phrase, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven when you die? If you're leading off that, wouldn't everybody like to go to heaven? You ask somebody, wouldn't you want to go to heaven when you die? Well, certainly I want to go to heaven when I die. Won't you lead off? Let me tell you about Jesus who died for your sins. The Bible says we all are sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one, for we all sin and come short of the glory of God. God the Bible tells us how we, uh, how we need Jesus in our life. And he says, those that receive him shall enter into heaven, and those that reject him, the wicked ones, the hell shall be their home. Won't you tell them about their sins? There's got to be a confrontation with the sins of this lost and dying world. Tell them that they must repent and accept Christ. Turn from their sins. Turn to Jesus. That's what the people need. Do you want to go to heaven? No Bible preacher in the New Testament asked that question. They, they preached the complete and absolute gospel of Jesus Christ. And let God draw them nearer to Him. We'll find that the growth uh, is this. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and rose again according to the Scriptures. The Son of God died for your sins in your place, and He rose the third day. Now that you're going to heaven about that, because the only way that you can get there is through Christ, to avoid the wrath of God is through Christ. So what's our responsibility? Tell people about Jesus Christ. Warn them of the wrath to come. Paul kept saying, according to the scriptures, I like that. When it comes to witnessing, you, you need to get some Bible verses in your mind. I told you that this morning. You need to put some Bible verses in your heart talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Bible. And get, get you some Bible in your mind and in your heart that when people ask you, you can come out with a scripture. You can look at them and say, that's what the Lord said. This is what the Bible says. It's not my words, it's, it's God's words. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Let me tell you what the Bible says about this. People need to know that. People need to know that. Do you know what the Bible says about this stuff that's going on in the world? Can I tell you there's power in the Word of God? And if you got the power of the word of God in your heart and you tell someone there is power in there. there there's the clarification of God's gospel. Jesus Christ died and rose and now he's at the right hand of the Father. That's the clarification. He, he, the only way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ accepting him and turning from your sins. That's the only way. There's a concern for the gospel. 
Back to chapter 9, Paul was concerned with two things about the gospel. He said, the same two things that he's concerned with that you and I should need to be concerned with. Verse number 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. His first concern was who's getting the spotlight? Who's getting the glory? Who's getting the, the spotlight and the glory and the message that's being preached? He said, I have nothing to glory in. I, I don't want the spotlight. It ain't on me. When I preach the gospel, it's on all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. And I say that's what it should be. It should be all about Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, For while we said, I am one of Paul, and another says, I am Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollos of water, but God, but God, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planted anything, neither he that waters anything, but God, but God, but God gave it the increase. He's telling them, we are nothing. It's not about you and I. It's not about anything about we can do. It's all about what God can do through us, and he needs to be on the spotlight. He needs to get all the glory and the message that's being preached. Paul said, what do I have the glory about? I, I, he said, I was just a lost heathen on my way to hell. But God showed me Jesus high and lifted up. And I put my faith and trust in Him. And God saved me. What do I have the glory in? I didn't save myself. I didn't turn myself. I didn't change myself. What do I have the glory in? He says, all I am is a beggar telling everybody, all the other beggars, about the one that saved my soul. I found satisfaction. I found peace. The only thing that I contributed to my salvation, the only thing that you contributed to your salvation is the sin that you commit. That's the only thing that you contributed to salvation. Nothing else. It's all about the sin that you have committed. And we're all born in sin, so don't think you're sinless. Not perfect. I'm so glad the day that I knelt down when he called my name. I didn't have to change myself, and I didn't have to turn myself, and I didn't glorify him. I didn't have to clean up nothing. I came as I was, and he accepted me. He put my feet on the solid rock. Put a song in my heart. I thank God for that. I have nothing to glory in. You have nothing to glory in. We don't brag about us. It's not about us. We brag about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you and I. I was running as fast as I could from him, but he ran me down. I'm telling you. We have a responsibility. Chapter 9, verse 19. For though it, I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant until all I might gain the more. You say, I ain't, no, I ain't nobody's servant. That's not true. 
Paul said in Romans, I am a debtor, both to the Greek and the barbarians, both the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me I am ready to preach the gospel to you at the that Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth in the Jew first and also the Greeks. Now don't miss this, verse 14. Don't miss this. He did not say, I am a debtor. He didn't say that. Because if he had said that, that means there was some way that he could have got out and under that debt. There was some way that he could have paid that debt off. He, say, I, he said, I am a debtor. I'm a debtor. You know what that means? This is not what I do, but it's who I am. It's who I am. You and I are debtors. What are you in debt to? To tell every man and woman about Jesus Christ that died on the cross, to tell them about Christ. We're not just debtors to the Lord, but Paul said I'm a debtor to the people because I know somebody, something about people needs him. He says I know somewhere, somehow people need about Jesus. We are the same way. We're debtor to people because we need to tell people about Jesus in this world. Paul, Paul was concerned about who got saved. Paul is not selective about who gets saved. Can, saved. can I say that? Paul, Paul wants everybody to get saved. He just wants people to respond to the gospel message. No matter who they are, whether white, black, Greek, Jew, rich, poor, Paul didn't care. He didn't care. He says, I, I preach the gospel that man may get saved. He said, who will all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? The drunkard, the drugger, the pothead, the sinners, all. And it says, as such were some of you. Our concerns will be about who gets the spotlight and everybody gets saved. There's compensation for the gospel. Paul said at the end of verse 16, or is unto me, if I preach not the gospel, verse 17, for if I do this thing willingly, I will reward, but if I against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. If he's doing it unwittingly or begrudgingly, then verse 18, what is my reward? Everybody likes rewards, amen? We like to get rewards. What was Paul's reward? Verse Acts chapter 9, when Paul gets saved and straightway and preached to Christ in the synagogues and that the Son of God did with him and he counseled the seek to kill him. Disciples were afraid of him. They would put a ward on his head. The Jews were stirred up, devout men of honorable men and women and the chief men of the city. They expelled him out, cast him out, they stoned him. They drug him out the city. That, that's a reward there, ain't it? 
You signing up to be beaten, you signed up to get shipwrecked, you signed up to be hunted down, yeah, that, that's a good reward right there. You used hey, sign me up for that. I, that's the kind of Christian walk I want. I'll be walking around corners and people threatening to kill in my life. And that, that's, that's, that, that's a reward there? No. That's not a reward. Verse 19, when it was the master saw that the hope of the, the gain was none, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and into the rulers and brought them into the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly, exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Can you imagine you know, somebody telling a lie on you like that? You're going to be told lies on. You're going to be told lies on. At this point in Paul's ministry, two people have gotten saved. The one, the seller of purple, Lydia, and the one that got the demons cast out. They've gotten saved. And all that, those two right there caused a big ruptus in the city, and they seek to kill Paul. They seek to get rid of him. They want to get rid of him. And here they, they throw him in the prison, in the inner prison and chains and stuff. You say, what a reward is that for telling people about Jesus Christ and doing the things God wants? Well, if you know this story here, when they throw him in the inner prison at 12 o'clock midnight, God showed up, shackles got busted down, the walls got busted down, the doors opened, and the jailer came down there with trembling fear that he had done gone out. And he says, he asked this question, your reward is when you start dealing with somebody, you start handing the track out, and you're telling them about Jesus, you witness to them, you keep inviting to them, your reward is when you hear them, what must I do to be saved? That's a reward right there. And not only that, when they told him, well, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then all his house came in with him, and they all got saved. That's your reward when you're serving God. It is our responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and how he died for us, how he rose again for us. And, he, and this world will see, if they could see that, they will say, what must I do to be saved? Can I say we cannot pick and choose who we witness to? I, I know this world has some rough looking people out there. I, I know some of them don't look good. But Lord, help us if we are ever prejudiced about who we witness to. Lord, help us. I mean, you, I, I've got friends that look pretty bad, but you know what? The world does leave the marks on you. They leave some scars on you. But I know they're in church now. I know they're serving God now. And if somebody hadn't have told them about Jesus Christ, they'd still be out there in this lost and dying world. Hey, they, somebody hadn't told you about him, you'd still be out in this lost and dying world. Well, you look good. I look good. I look clean. I'm good. But let me tell you what. They need Christ too. Amen. Lord, help us if we ever be prejudiced about who we witness to. Amen. We, we got all kinds of people come here now. Lord help you. They need Christ too. And such were some as you. Such were some as you. Lord help us. We ever get to the point where we say, I ain't going to tell nobody. 
Paul was in the midnight hour, and a jailer came. What must I do to be saved? In the midst of all his trouble, in the midst of whatever Paul was going through, what he had to deal with, all the heartaches and all the pains, he got to see the reward of someone getting saved. Someone accepting Christ as a Savior. And not just someone, but the entire house. Well, wouldn't that, wouldn't, ain't that a reward? Wouldn't that, ain't that a reward if you start witnessing to somebody and the next thing you know, they see them in church. And the next thing you know, you see them come down the aisle and they get to crying and they raise their hands and says, Lord, forgive me my sins. And they get right with God and they go back and they get the rest of the house and bring them in. What a reward that is. That's the reward. See, we look at rewards as something big down here. We want this. We want the money. We want the big things. Just seeing a soul saved is a reward enough. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I, like I said this morning, I don't want to be known as someone who just gave up. Quit preaching, quit giving up. I have tried, my, I have tried, I have tried to give up. I have said, Lord, I am through with this. I'm done with this. I don't want to deal with this no more. I got in the corner of my bedroom, locked the door, cried and cried. Lord, I don't want to do this no more. And all of a sudden, get up. I ain't done with you yet. I get up, all right. But you know what they're saying about me? Yeah, I know what they're saying about you. You know what? You know how they're talking about me? Yeah, I know how they're talking about you, but don't worry about it. I got your back. Yeah. If he's got your back, boy, you got somebody behind you there. Amen. I don't want to be labeled as a quitter. I don't want to ever be told, hey, you didn't tell me about Christ. You didn't witness to me. I, I, it would a sad thought with this will I'll close with it. just a sad thought. Just, just think about this just for a moment. A sad thought that you live your life, sit in a pew, go to heaven, and get to heaven. No one in heaven ever comes to you and say, I want to thank you for witnessing to me. I want to thank you for you taking the time out to tell me about Jesus as my Savior. You're standing around in heaven, all those people there, and no one comes up to you and says, hey, I remember you. I remember you. I was feeling down. I was feeling low. And no one else was met, uh, giving me any attention or nothing. You came over. He says, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? What a thought. What a thought. Let me ask this now, just, now, just to be honest. Do you have anyone in heaven that's going to be there when you get there saying, come up to you and say, thank you, thank you, I want to thank you. Man, that'll hit you hard there. That'll hit you hard there. Because every one of us, I, I preached the message here one time, I think everyone needs to get one. Need to get somebody. Amen. Our responsibility is to tell the world about Christ. Amen.